Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hey, it's Virginia. I'm here with Shannon Welch, executive editor at Harper One, and we're talking about a book that Shannon edited, which came out in May 2020, and it's called What Makes a Marriage Last, 40 Celebrated Couples Share With Us the Secrets to a Happy Life, and it is put together, written by pioneers Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue. This book is amazing. It's filled with so much information. It's entertaining and informative and beautiful. And so I wanted to sit down and talk to Shannon about how the book came to be. Uh, We recently had uh, an interview with Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue on our Facebook Live, and it was fabulous. So we'll be hearing excerpts from that interview. Shannon, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me about this book. Oh, my pleasure, Virginia. As I said, we we really had such a wonderful uh, response to um, our Facebook Live interview with Marlo and Phil. And the book, as I say, it's so enlightening. And I just love how they uh, they profiled 40 couples. Um, and uh, they they really had such honest, open conversations with these couples. I mean, they really were so, um, they to me, felt very unguarded and very, um, just very vulnerable and, and open and honest. And talking about um, <clears throat> what makes their marriage last, what makes it work, and um, it wasn't always pretty. I mean, some of these couples had real problems, uh, problems with infidelity and problems with money and um, career lapses and, and lots of things, lots of burdens that they had to overcome. And so I, um, I just wanted to talk to you about how this came to be. I'm very curious, um, the genesis for the book and how it came to be this amazing collection of interviews. So can you just talk a bit about that? Of course. I agree. It's just, it's a very special and delightful and instructive and enlightening book. And I mean, I learned so much uh, from it about marriage and how people cope with the you know happy times, sad times, difficult times, money problems. People, I think because of Phil and Marlo, who they are and how disarming and candid they are themselves they really made these people who are are you know very renowned feel at home and comfortable and um really got them to open up in an, in a very unusual way um phil and marlo just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary this spring in may um so they on their 39th uh as they approached their 39th wedding anniversary a couple they, that they had known for many, many years told them that they were splitting up. And it just became came as such a shock to Phil and Marlowe. They thought, how could this be? They seemed like a model 
uh, marriage. And so they started thinking to themselves and wondering, how have, <laughs> have we done it and how do people do it? Um, you know, the first flush of romance gone or, you know, living through the death of a child, for instance, or, you know, uh, the Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon lost all their money to uh, Bernie Madoff. And, and what does that do to your relationship? How do, how do you survive um, and how do you thrive really um, over years? And so they set out on this project um, to talk to um, 40 couples and to learn the secrets um, what, what, to what makes a marriage last. Um, and Marlo and Phil are tireless. I mean, they crisscrossed the country, they <laughs> knocked on doors, they wouldn't take no for an answer, and they really got people who are, who are known for being a bit reticent to talk very honestly, very truly about um, the, the the most beautiful parts of their lives, but also the most difficult parts of their lives. And I think the result is just, it's so charming. It's so disarming. And it really, it, I mean, whether you're in a long marriage, whether you're not married at all, or whether you are um, just entering um, a marriage, I think this is a really useful book to read. And it's also super fun to read. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it combines a kind of uh, voyeuristic pleasure of, of, you know, getting an insight into these famous people's marriages, but it also has really practical takeaways, things that I have thought about over the months since we published this book and, and applied to my own marriage. Um, and in terms of how it came to us, you know, Judith Kerr, who is the president and publisher of the Harper One Group, worked with Marlowe about a decade ago at, at Atria. She was formerly at Simon & Schuster and uh, published a book called The Right Words at the Right Time, um, which was a similar, similarly ambitious project um, in which only Marlowe could have written. Marlowe has um, a kind of a magical power <laughs> and a, um, she really is a dogged person and will not take no for an answer. Um, and she managed to put together um, Right Words at the Right Time, which was an enormous success at that time. And, um, you know, really wanted to reunite with Judith um, to do this book because she saw Judith's vision and creativity as a publisher and, and wanted to um, be together with her again. So um, Marlo came to us, I think, exclusively, um, I think a, about a year prior to the publication of the book and um, told us about her vision for this. And um, we we decided to work together and I was lucky enough to be part of the process, part of the, uh, her editor and just thrilled with the way it came out. I couldn't believe how much energy and enthusiasm this took because they did every interview um, face to face with these people. It's unbelievable. It is an enormous undertaking. Huge, huge. They, and only Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue could have pulled this off, both in the, in the respect that they got these couples to open up, but also their energy. I mean, when I was in my 20s, I would have killed for half of their energy. <laughs> They're unbelievable. <laughs> they... Um, they were getting on planes, they were, you know, they would show up somewhere and the person's schedule would have moved. So they would have to kind of hang out in a hotel room for a week and wait. And they were, uh, they were tireless. They were unbelievable in terms of their, um, you know, and also think about these celebrity schedules. They're busy They're, I mean, just 
the mere fact that they managed to get on these people's calendars, much less get them to open up, is just a logis- logistical undertaking that I, I really can't even begin to fathom. Um, and yeah. so it is, it's unbelievable that this book came together as it did. And it's just a testament to their work ethic and their dedication to this project. It, it really was something that I, I've, I've never seen. I mean, I've edited hundreds of books and I've really never seen anything like it. And I'll also yeah. say about, you know, the, as you say, it's, it's a big book. It's a doorstopper. When Marlowe handed me the manuscript, it was, I think it was twice as long as the um, is what we had contracted, um, which, you know, it, it presents a, some difficulties publishing a book this long. But, you know, as we looked at it and as we talked about it, we just we thought we don't really want to cut any of these stories because they all bring something and you learn from every single one of them. And they all they're all fun to read, too. So it is a doorstopper, but it's not an intimidating book. It's actually a <laughs> book that it's kind of a page turner. Um, it's not, an, you know, it has the heft and weight of a dictionary or an encyclopedia, but it, you really enjoy reading every page and look forward to the next um, conversation. That is absolutely true. And and I think it's important to say that um, while these are profiles of people who some of them have had uh, major obstacles in their life, this is not like, oh, every single couple has something horrible. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not that it's just what makes a marriage last. Some people have large obstacles in their way. Other people have just each other in the way. Judge Judy and Jerry Scheinlin (laughs) couldn't get, they couldn't be together, but then they couldn't be apart. I mean, that's a very interesting um, profile of, of those two. I, I just found this whole thing fascinating. And I, um, I think there should be a book written about the process by which they wrote this book because it's yes, really something. Yes. Yeah, no, I thought I agree with you completely. The Judge Judy was unbelievable. And I also thought it was so fascinating to hear couples talk about like navigating the good times too, like the success and, you know, the kind of the, the fame and so forth and things that are ostensibly good stuff in your life like that. There's a different kind of aspect that there's a different, you know, failure and hardship takes energy and takes a kind of a, a, you know, a communal effort in a marriage, but navigating the good things also can be challenging or or enriching in its own way. So you get all you get all the things that come up in a marriage: the good, the bad, the ugly, the difficult, the wonderful. Um, right. It's really it, it's a completely comprehensive um, and totally original way of thinking about and looking at marriage. Thank you, Shannon, so much for taking the time to talk to us a little bit about how this wonderful book, "What Makes a Marriage Last," came to be. My pleasure, Virginia. I was so happy to talk to you and so much gratitude to you for all the work you do and gratitude to all the librarians out there for the amazing work they do every day. And after this conversation, you can hang on and listen to a few clips from the conversation and the interview that we had with Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue from our Facebook Live episode just a few months ago. So hope you enjoy it. Marlo and Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, we're thrilled to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you. Ah, let's get to it. I have I have many questions. I have many tags. Uh, this is this is quite the uh, quite the resource here, and it's a it's a chock full of great 
advice and suggestions and looking into the lives of people from all different walks of life, which I really love, into love their marriage. You, I love that you call it a resource. We often spoke about the fact that we wanted to see this book be in libraries and people would go in and use it as a resource for newlyweds or long marriage like us or people about to be married or people who really thought, oh gosh, am I going to make it through this marriage? So I think, uh, so that really excited me. But we'd been married 39 years and we were thinking about what we we're going to do for our 40th. And for years, people have asked us to talk about our marriage and we've never wanted to. We, we thought it was better, better kept strong by its privacy. Uh, but if, as we approached 40 years, we thought, you know, maybe there is a secret sauce to this. We don't know what it is. Uh, we love each other. We like each other. We have fun together. We respect each other. But what, what is it that is the glue? And so we thought it would be really interesting uh, to talk to a lot of other married couples and going from 74 years with the President Carter and Rosalind all the way down to Melissa McCarthy, who's married, I think, like 17, 18 years. It'd be an interesting look at what is it that makes a marriage last? And it's not a how-to book. It is a what book. What, what is it that makes a marriage last? And whether these are same-sex marriage or opposite-sex marriage, no matter what race you are, no matter what religion, there's Christians and Jews and Muslims and Buddhists. There's everybody in the book. And uh, no matter what, what, the, what group you belong to, everybody really wants the same thing, which is to feel safe, to feel safe and know that somebody has your back mm. and, and, uh, and that you uh, can count on that person and be unconditionally loved by that person. So how do you get there? What is it that you do that, that gives us, each of us, that kind of safety? And that's what the book is about. Well, I, I do believe the, um, the people who last are the people who really wanted to. I, you could see it the minute we started talking to them. You could tell they wanted this merit. You have to have that or else uh, really there's no hope. And... Uh, the, it, that was common throughout all these longer marriages, especially for celebrity types. And what they did to to ensure that, going to marriage counseling, taking mm -hmm. private retreats, taking time for themselves away from their family, away from their work. Time is a very big thing. When, when you give your time, you're giving everything. Time is more important than presents and flowers and all the other things that we think are romantic. Time is the most romantic thing. And uh, what is it that Kira Sedgwick said about uh, a plan? There is no plan B. There is no plan B. Right. When you get married, there's no escape route. You know, you can't, and that's what we felt in talking to these people, that nobody was looking for the exit sign. When they got hit with it, whatever it was uh, that life would throw at them, they, did not look for the exit sign. They charged on forward together with, with, with right. whatever they could. I found that throughout the book, there were all different things that, uh, that couples had faced, infidelity uh, and career, you know, losing all of their money to, you know, the, you know for whatever reasons. Well, um, Kira Cedric and Kevin Bacon lost 30 right. years of savings to Bernie Madoff. And, Jamie Lee Curtis was hiding a drug addiction from her husband. And, and David Burke, who's married to Neil Patrick Harris, had an alcohol problem. 
I, Michael J. Fox found out three years into their marriage that he has a lifelong diagnosis of Parkinson's. You know, what did you always say about when you walk down that aisle and you have no idea what's going to come? Uh, there is no way to anticipate. And there's no such thing as a marriage that just sails along from beginning to end. Uh, the, you know, Laurie uh, Sullenberger was home one day, routine things in the house, and the phone rang. And the voice on the other end said, your husband has just landed <laughs> an airplane in the Hudson River. Right. And their and, life was... You know, uh, and the, the, the world fell on her house. Yeah. I mean, these are things you can't... How do you anticipate that? So, therefore, you know, marriage is, a, uh, in many ways, a great unknown. And those who anticipate it or who are aware of that at the time... Uh, are, are most ha able to handle. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, who was in uh, AA recovery, and, and she said there's a saying in AA that if you stay on the bus, the scenery will change. Mm, I love that saying. And really, it's a wonderful, I never had heard it until she told it to us. But it's true, the day may look bad today, or the week may look bad, but if you just stay on that bus, that scenery is going to change. Mm. And that is really what what makes for a good marriage is that you don't panic at the sign of trouble, that you just stay together, stay on that bus. Uh, Carville says, when you find yourself going around and around on a silly argument about nothing, and often we do. Right. Uh, and it gets heated, too. It can get very heated. Oh, you didn't do and you said you would, and yet, you know, one of those things. And Carville <laughs> says, the best thing when that happens is to say, let's kick that can down the road. That's such a great saying. Yeah. And we've already done it yeah. twice before. Well, you but, did it first when we came off the road. We were going around and around in one of those senseless arguments. And at one point, he said, oh, let's just kick this can down the road. And it was so liberating. We thought, wow, that's a good way out of this. This way, nobody has to take blame. Nobody has to say they're sorry. Nobody has to do anything. It's just, let's get off this. And a good marriage is a marriage who's gone along on a path uh, that has a lot of cans <laughs> in the path. Down the road. I, I loved the uh, the stories sort of building up before you get into the interview. It's sort of like, well, how did you get together? And like, what what's your history? Which I love that too, because you sort of get that background and then you see how far along they've come. Um, I wonder if uh, you could talk a little bit about Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan. Well, uh, you know, they met twice. They did two different projects together. She played his girlfriend on Michael's show. Uh, and then uh, they did a movie together and they really clicked then because they had both broken up with their girlfriend, boyfriend. Um, and they fell in love and got married within a year. And then within three years, they'd had a baby. His father had died and he had his Parkinson's uh, diagnosis. But they, they took that on. Uh, as a team. And uh, when when we interviewed them, I noticed that his arm would slip off the table and uh, she didn't make a thing about it. She mm. didn't try to help it. She didn't wasn't embarrassed by it. It was what his movement was. And I so respected the way she did not pander to him or treat him like a child uh, or like a person who was sick. He had this 
he has a movement problem, a control of his movement, but it doesn't change his brain. It doesn't change his intelligence and his interesting conversation. And I just thought the disease is in the marriage and the marriage is in the disease. And they go on with their lives. They've had more children. They have four children and, uh, and they have a, a great marriage. And, the, and she helps him, um, you know, believe that he can do more things. Like they took a safari together. He was afraid that he'd be stuck in the Jeep the whole time. And she said, so what? You'll see the animals, you know? Right. Um, so it was just, it was, I, I, I was very, I think I say in the book that I cried when I left. You did. Not because I was sad, but because it made me love my own husband so much more. Well, for better or for worse, exactly. how many, how many uh, partners say that? In sickness and in health. Yeah, without realizing that it could be. That it could be. And, you, and, and they've made a life. And he continues to work, and she works, and they've raised their family. But it really got to me. I thought, this is marriage. This is what marriage is. Not looking for a plan B and loving your spouse and going together as a team. I mean, I really feel... We've been together 43 years, married 40 years. We've had so many experiences together, good and bad, scary and triumphant. We've had it all. And, and I feel that I hate to jinx anything, but I don't think anything could tear us apart because we've really braided you know, our lives in this way, that it's, it's, it's strong, it's made of love and it's made of steel. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.